First of all, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Japanese. I will you fucking stop. Ding dong. Hello? Yes, Allah, that's right, infidels. Transmitting live 200 feet below the Earth's surface. Live from the HMG missile silo. Prepare to launch as we touch down in Chirac. And we lost a few along the way. <laughs> but to make an omelet, you gotta break a few eggs. Or some real glass. Here on Light the Fuse, channelattitude.com. Hameen Media Group. Rise and praise. What's good? What's good? What's good, you guys? Hopefully, you're having a good afternoon here live Thursday. Ben Hameen YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media, and exclusively for the subscribers at channelattitude.com. Appreciate you guys joining us. Had a good time again last night with the uh, AEW self help group. Group. Uh, until uh, the roadcast or something, man, with the Bluetooth, it only gives me uh, about half the juice. Give me the juice, uh, you know, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to mess with it because we like to play our jams and we like to play our music loud. That's what we do. So, uh, but yeah, right now we're live on my YouTube. Appreciate uh, anybody last night who cheered bits on Twitch or any super stickers this week. I know we had the locker room uh, on Monday and, and I just uh, finished uploading the next level review and impact attack. So thanks to big Ray doing the audio side on that always helps. And the Wednesday locker rooms out for free right now. I got a bunch of Dr. Jeff Lippman podcasts. I got to get up there too. big shout out to him and uh, the vets back on air here. And it was a good time, man, all the way around. Everybody's just uh, being creative. Uh, Professor Chow Bella Vera Cruz as well in there in the mix uh, on some shows with Enright and Chris Ams and, and all the producers, all my friends at Romper Room today, DJ Mass Effects. I don't think I'm leaving out anybody. Uh, you know, let's go Brandon as well on the Impact Attack. So, uh, yeah, man, we, we had a good time. And uh, special guest uh, for the Friday Locker Room finished recording this morning with uh, Rene Dupree uh, from Cafe de Rene La Resistance. Uh, you know, and uh, we'll always have a fun time making uh, that that handsome son of a bitch make him laugh. Uh, but he's going to be on the road uh, this fall. So coming to the Northeast and uh, back uh, across the border, hopefully with we'll see with Plandemic Part 2, Eris uh, uh, being, uh, you know, put out there. I've seen a lot of propaganda both ways obviously but the resist movement is going to be an interesting thing and uh, there's going to be a lot of short fuse people uh acting emotionally in situations that could get dangerous so i just want everybody out there to watch their back uh you never know you know what somebody else is going through and you could just be walking into walking into an explosive scenario so uh, think smart and, uh, and remove yourself from the, from this, that as much as you can and resist as much as you can, obviously, because otherwise, uh, the resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, but I see the chat room filling up here, man. Uh, good to see all you guys hanging out. Uh, 
killing a Thursday afternoon, wherever you're at at work. And, uh, you know, I saw some thread. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was, might have been in the hot media media group. group. And it was uh, where do you listen or what your job was. I can't remember what that even was. But uh, just to see all the the listeners and the wide variety of backgrounds and, and uh, what they're doing, you know, from truckers to youth pastors to, uh, you know, people working warehouse gigs to, to all, all types of stuff, man. Cops uh, that we got on, you know, as well. Uh, pr- pretty cool. Uh, I, that always uh, stuns me that uh, we're all tuning in here <laughs> to, to talk about uh, some children playing wrestler and, uh, and the drama of it all, but uh, that's what we love, right? That's why it's our soap opera, and we're so invested in the characters and the strange personalities and realities that make the WWE, I mean, the Tony Khan universe. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it was good to be out with Cafe Day, or can't keep calling Cafe Day, Renee, with Renee Dupree this morning. And uh, that'll be exclusive for uh, channelattitude.com subscribers. Also, new episode, uh, long overdue episodes, and uh, recording a new uh, two more tomorrow. I actually allegedly found some emails from a former uh, network president <laughs> in response to the latest episode, a big banger 12-pager of the consultants on patreon.com slash Media Group. Group. And I know we had some new signups, so thank you guys for supporting there as well. I know your entertainment dollar stretches across a lot of platforms. So uh, thank you for supporting independent artists and media, like uh, all the producers and everybody we have here, man. And interacting in the Hami media discussion group group. Uh, I got to do the new pick them challenge uh, for back pay this weekend. We're getting all the back pay, right? That's what it is. No. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, I got to get my picks in there as I'm sitting number four and I got two matches scheduled. So should be uh, pretty interesting all the way around. But, uh, yeah, pal, I see you in the chat room there. I got to take a drink here. Uh, voice is going already. Good stuff. Water brought to you by Chemtrails. Um, let's see here. Uh, I mean, the big news, obviously, is still – the CM Punk suspension, you know, uh, going into Chicago last night off of Wembley, which, uh, you know, they made their money and did their draw, but really did no business. And everything that anybody's talking about out of it is nothing to do with what went on on the show. It's more <clears throat> backstage bullshit uh, with Phil. And, you know, uh, I think that it, there's – there's definitely guilt on both sides of fragile egos that are too stupid to know that this is not the time or place to do this shit and why sell for it. Instead, they give the dirt sheet something to feed on. And I thought that might've been Phil working smart. Um, Yeah. We're both suspended. Hey, I got a lot of heat on me. I want to get this kid over. How can we do something that looks shoot that the other guys don't want to do to pay off, which I would. So let's just invent something and I'll do something with him. That's what it felt like to me. And, but, uh, you know, word has come out that he chewed out con that kind of fucking feels like a work to me too. And threatened to quit. Who knows? Uh, conflicting stories of who bumped into who and, and then, you know, Punk shutting it down quick with a chokehold, no real strikes thrown or anything like that. And then 
something with Miro kind of trolling him and and getting in his face too, saying you want to step outside. So, which I'm sure he doesn't want any of that fucking <laughs> that fight. Uh, and then another thing with Brody King, people were saying that he broke his hand because he punched the wall and he was mad. And people are the dirt sheets, whatever the fuck the leaks are. I'm not trying to quantify anything. This is just what we read on these fucking sites where one one of them can run with it and or one puts it out there and everybody runs with it. And here we are talking about it because uh, that's what the community wants to discuss. But uh, then other people said he did it in hitting his hand on the guardrail in the match, but uh, also was upset and kicked a trash can backstage. That's what I read off the sheets this morning. Um I don't know what's up with, with that dude, man. Like he's got all the money on him that you could possibly want size and looks wise and seems to sell for a lot of things he shouldn't be selling for. Now, I don't know the real climate. I'm not standing there. What's going on in the, in gorilla position and you're trying to protect your company, but it seems right now this locker room is possibly at, (laughs) you didn't think it could be worse than brawl out. And here we are, none of those issues resolved and everyone, every veteran going, you got to nip this in the butter. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse and spin out of control. And, uh, what kind of person to say a toe to so, but you know what? A toe to so, a fucking a toe to so. So, you know, a toe to so. And, uh, now you're in Chicago and you got to suspend this guy because shit hasn't been resolved. And it's not that uh, Jungle uh, Jack or whatever the fuck doesn't isn't his own uh, whole case of problems that needs a slap upside the head too. So uh, interesting, man. You know, you, you you do these huge shows and you don't really do business, and this is what happens because you didn't uh, keep a clean shop. You know, I guess at the end of the day. So we'll see where they go from there. I mean, the the ridiculousness of it of the car not being there for punk and he has to take the train and gets lost. And you know, the whole, the whole nine, man, uh, it's, uh, he's broken. Uh, he works with children. He's hurt. He's hurt, but he loves those muffins. All right here. What do we got going on? This was interesting to me, something I just wanted to bring up and that doesn't matter. Cause it's not like I'm here to bash them. I listen to their stuff too. And, I've written in plenty of text messages, but I was thinking about Jim Cornette and you think about people who are alleged consultants and how they present their work uh, in their podcast when you know that they're not anymore. Bischoff, I think, especially was on the payroll secretly for a long time. How would I know that? Because allegedly we were too. <laughs> and you can listen to the raw reviews at that time and they stack up in the same way of what we were presenting is what we were putting on the show a lot of the time. And then, and then real smart listeners would go, Hey, they're, they, it sounds like they're doing what you guys said on the fucking, on the, on the review show. Well, yeah, but we couldn't talk about the other or tip our hand. Right. So this story about Jeff Jarrett is going to lead to another story that I'm kind of, I don't know, concocting in my own head, I guess, if that's the way to even uh, present it. Um, but uh, Cornette wasn't thrilled with the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre match, and Jeff Jarrett uh, gives his opinion back about what Cornette had to say. He says there's not even a 1% chance that Cornette actually believes what came out of his mouth. 
he's got a business and he's got it dialed into his audience. He's making money hand over foot. His YouTube views are excellent. His downloads are excellent. I guess I served it up to him on a silver platter. I'm glad that he said it because he introduced the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to the entire audience and he talked about it and scathed about it and everything that goes with it. So hats off to him. I mean, that's a real worker way to deal with it. Like worst thing in wrestling is if nobody's talking about you, but you know, he ripped that and Cornette's gonna cause it's wrestle crap and he wants his Southern fried Kentucky bullshit, uh, the way he wants it in Memphis style and all that. Okay. That's what I learned. I understand it. <laughs> and a lot of times I'm saying the same thing that he is and that Russo is and that Conan is and that Eric is, but everybody's all pissed off in their own little psychotic way and, <laughs> and rant and rave, uh, the way they do it. Right. Um, However, when I heard that, I knew like, okay, that's on brand for Cornette. Then just what Jared's saying, his, his uh, hardcore audience, right? That wants to hear him go off on that kind of shit. Like, oh, I can't wait till what Cornette says about this. Um, good. I, I enjoy those too when I'm walking the dogs of war with the perimeter. Uh, but when I heard him talk about MJF and Adam Cole's match, he should have ripped that match just as bad as he ripped this wrestle crap match because there's tons of things from the story that was mistold to the ref taking the bumps from dead cell to diving in the ring from the t-shirt spot and the double clothesline and burying the ref's decision to only go five more minutes to the crying at the end just, there's there's 50 things in there that's just brutal and Cornette puts it over in a very baby face way, like while having to go through each one of those and not bury it, but like quantify it and like, yeah, and that's why they did this, this, this. That to me absolutely says that Cole or MJF is using Cornette as a sounding board for things or afterwards or has some contact with them. Because there's no way the Jim Cornette psychology wise, he would, he would put that shit over there. Something's going on. I, I just, when I, when I heard that, the way he reviewed that, something's going on. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure what it is, but the, that, the psychology of that match was so shindy, self-serving as opposed to do a baby face, baby face match until the devil reveals himself, stabs his buddy in the back and goes, what do you want me to do? I'm the devil. I'm a scumbag. I'm their scumbag and retains. Instead, they did all this other bullshit. And that's not how Jim would like it served up. <laughs> I'm sure. So something's going down. Uh, and that's maybe all in my own uh, head of ridiculous wrestling uh paranoia that was drilled into me at ovw for <laughs> years and years and years allegedly uh mjf's his grandson goddamn <laughs> from zane vicious in the chat quick chat shout outs i know the wednesday locker room does their shouts my man frank's pickle barrel last year zane vicious shonda paul retro rocker review jay hall's in the house the dark side caster uh, yo, Jimbo, Gladys Q. Kravitz. What's going on? Not a name we see here, a fair amount, but welcome. Uh, and uh, Paul the Shooter, my number 59, face slack, Mike Rocher all day. 
hanging and banging here, you guys, and anybody else who's uh, got us cold-blooded, chilling at work uh, as well, you guys. Hopefully everybody's having a good day uh, and uh, hanging out. Uh, Jim Harder, too, Lizbeth. Uh, so we got to go to the numbers. Last night in the AEW self-help group, group. Uh, we placed our bets. I went with eight belts and two bro hugs, um, and then I, that was when I downgraded from nine. And lo and behold, I think uh, the house raked the whole pot last night because we had 15 belts and two bro hugs on the show. So bro hugs don't pay out, I guess, unless you bet those straight up in a parlay, you got screwed. But with six belts in one segment, we went from nine to 16 and we were headed for, uh, you know, what well, we thought a new record. So uh, Arakara Blues in the house, best from Venice. Uh, is that Venice Beach or Venice, uh, Italy? Uh, where, which, which Venice? Uh, but shout out uh, from over that side as well. 15 goddamn belts. And then uh, we also had a, a, a interesting, Todd Brantley's put it out here. I was going to say this too. Uh, AEW Botch has put out a video of Punk from the when he first got signed and putting everything over and flourishing and the freedom to be. And uh, this is what wrestling has evolved to because he dreamed about it when he was 15 and all these four different clips uh, of like, be careful what you say. And I could take that advice too. Right. Uh, never miss a chance to shut the fuck up. Joey Mercury one one Um, and uh, I think Don Stevens got him. So, uh, cause I, I sent that to somebody this morning. They're like, uh, to Strangler Steve. And he's like, it's not coming up. I go, Donnie, Donnie. <laughs> it's good. It was a good clip too of like four different, uh, really. The trolling, the trolling is such a high level, man. The toxicity and everything that's out there. And, you know, it's a great place to get rid of that toxicity and uh, to show uh some real master class wrestling that's stevie richards wrestling analysis channel i'm super pumped i'm gonna wait uh to even watch it because we were working them like two classes ago but he just put out another bret hart uh best of uh bret hart breaking down the side russian leg sweep i believe uh so that's what we're we'll doing tonight at practice and uh no better way to do it than sit there and listen to a master professor level like stevie give a, a in-depth multimedia breakdown about it so that video just dropped make sure you guys go over there like it subscribe share it uh and just everything's blowing up i'd love to see uh see some contact there and then what was interesting is uh <laughs> and what the uh, aew self-help group 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 saw last night was don stevens Don Stevens, excuse me, Don Callis. <laughs> Maybe Don Callis is Don Stevens. Who knows? I know it's not. Uh, doing the touchscreen stuff with uh, Takashita on how to apply certain moves and break down stuff. And it was very Stevie's breakdown in a one minute backstage promo segment. And it was decent, but. What do I tell you? Good artists create, great artists steal and make it their own. And uh, and I've had plenty of things stolen. Uh, <laughs> I've given away many pieces of creative to people I want to see succeed. And that's no problem. But when you see your stuff stolen and end up there, you're like, look at that. There it is. And you just keep doing what you're doing because, you know, the reality is, is Stevie does it better. Stevie's put in the time and even from what Callis had to do in a minute to try and make it work, 
versus what he's doing are far different things. But just out of nowhere, it just starts happening to, to happen that way. You know, everybody sees everything. I tell my staff that all the time. I mean, I, maybe not enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Todd Brantley, I agree agree with you. If you're going to steal, steal from the best, and that's uh, Stevie Richards, I guess. Stevie Richards Wrestling Analysis, Stevie Richards Regular Channel with Inspiration and Workouts, and StevieRichardsFitness.com all going down here. HMG and Russo brand. Um, Let's see here. Uh, this was interesting backstage update on last minute changes to AEW dynamite talent absences. Um, Meltzer saying that one thing planned for dynamite segment between uh, Takeshita and Omega were set to battle it all out. Takeshita manager Don Cal should appear backstage discussing strategy. Uh, they were going to do stuff to build to that, but because of the hurricane, Kenny Omega couldn't make it. A lot of Florida people couldn't make it. So, um, Soraya Swerve Strickland also had to be scrapped. So here we are, you know, card subject to change. And sometimes that can make the show a little more in the moment. And I think some segments were. There was a lot of segments I, I enjoyed to some degree last night that, but the show didn't flow. And that, that could be part of it. Why? I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, but missing people uh and now you got to reshuffle the structure to put this here and fit slot somebody else in there so interesting that uh you know you can't be mother nature boys as danny davis said um backstage update on uh aew's all in pay-per-view numbers um he said they're Getting a Meltzer says he's waiting for a more up-to-date number tomorrow but they're really good especially when you consider there's two factors but I mean, it'll be the biggest of the year, which I don't think will surprise anyone. I don't think it'll be the biggest of all time, uh, gate wise. It does not, uh, it's not impossible because there could be a lot of late buys. It's going to end up being the biggest they've ever done. Well, yeah, man, you got 81,000 people. What's the average ticket price from the $2,000 seat buyers to the $5 nosebleeds? You know, like, what does that average out to? You know, even at, at 25 bucks a ticket or $30 a ticket times 80,000, that's a nice chunk of change, <laughs> you know? So that's a good gate and, uh, and, and what they spent and, and pay-per-view wise, I hope they do make money. That's awesome. I just wish they understood how to do business. So leading into this week, we could actually have some storylines. We didn't have much carryover. Except, uh, you know, the we're friends, we were friends bullshit uh, from Taven. I mean, Taven and Bennett stole that scene. Adam Cole and, and Roderick Strong came off like middle school actors like they usually do. And, uh, and MJF wasn't even involved. So, like, all that shit, like, I don't understand what demographic or who this is for and even in the millennials like is this really an important between males age 25 to 35 of you said you were my friend we're friends oh it's just like what the fuck bro I, I just don't get it whatsoever um but nothing else really did much business uh jared i guess jared which was one of our bro hugs Jericho and um, Sammy Guevara reuniting with the sex gods. 
um, is kind of the spin out there. But that shows to me they didn't have much going on with Jericho and Don Callis past this pay-per-view. And it seems like that should definitely figure in. So uh, very, very strange uh, or just kind of amateur hour. But I'm no booker of the year. What the fuck do I know? Uh, apparently, you can find out at patreon.com slash Media Group. 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 Um, yeah, man. Just to see here. Dogs of War. Let's break it down so we can punch in and punch out. I got plenty to do to upload shows for you guys. Uh, just because they're uploaded doesn't mean they're posted yet. Uh, so that's got to get done before Upstate Wrestling Entertainment practice tonight. All right. Uh, these little preambles, they're right. I don't need to read. Uh, John Moxley and Commander kick it off. I mean, here's this could be a, a re-scrap or it's just a get-over uh, from whatever they're doing out of Wembley here. I'm not sure if this was booked or they needed to pull time and it was Commander. But matches like this, you know who's going over before the bell even rings, you know? So there's some spots uh, that are damn impressive that commander can do, you know, obviously he's a luchador and it's an interesting matchup uh, style wise with Moxley and commander uh, power bombs and face busters and backs and forths and commander hits a hook kick and Moxley gets dropped with a short DDT lung blower out of the corner, which I always like that. That looks really cool. That's a cool move, uh, but they didn't sell it nearly long enough. Uh, then he hits a King Kong Larry and a pile driver commander kicks out and that pisses Moxley off big time follows up with a hammer and elbows, hammer strikes elbows to the fucking head just beating the shit out of him, And then, uh, goes into a submission and commander taps out. So Moxley, uh, lets him get his shit in Lucha wise. And then, you know, gets out wrestled till he gets pissed off. And then he goes into get me. Death Jitsu. Death Jitsu, which is the uh, fuck you, I hate you, and I'm just going to ground and pound you out. I mean, it looks good on a shirt, Death Jitsu. There's no doubt about that for marks who are going to buy it. Death Jitsu is the way to go. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. It's it's your true inner being is Death Jitsu. Uh, the dim mock, if you will. Um. So, but as my, then it becomes kind of like, fake ass gangster rap where you're saying you kill everybody and you you killed nobody right so it's it's uh it's a little ridiculous uh like but at the same time it sounds cool when the announcers say it so uh it's it's laughable because nobody is really dying at his hands is moxley killing anyone whereas where are these bodies being buried john uh aries says uh uh not seeing mogul embassy on dynamite pisses him off uh i think those guys might have got caught up in the storm i think ar fox might still live in atlanta um i'm not sure about swerve he might be a florida guy being that he was at nxt there and didn't move out or something you know um so he might have got shut down from that bud so i mean he, i i think as <laughs> I know we want what we want in entertainment, but you'd rather have Swerve Strickland not uh, being in a massive hurricane at uh, 30,000 feet uh, ready to crash to the ground. What are you going to do? Uh, there you go. 
Let's hear from, oh no, sorry. A video package backstage where at All In and FTR confronts the Young Bucks and asks why they didn't shake their hands. What? Dude, they admit they were disappointed and the Bucks apologize and then Bullet Club Gold runs in and challenges them both to an eight-man tag next week uh, at uh, All Out. So we're making a match on the fly for the pay-per-view four days away. That shows you how little planning we have. This scene was really bad. The Bucks can do this tongue-in-cheek acting, but this just felt thrown together from, like, the elite days where they're, like, making fun of acting. And then in comes Bullet Club Gold, and Juice Robinson's got a lot of great energy, comes through the camera. But everybody's talking over each other, and now focus is, like, tough to fit in on anybody in these multi-person scenes and how they need to go and to set up the business but um they rib ftr and talk shit to the bucks and that they don't respect them because they don't they're not champs or whatever i don't know whatever the fuck but it's kind of all over the place and all it is is just schmoz talk to get to set up the match no real stakes or no real interest in anything here so um but that's what's coming for all out uh Let's hear from Chris Jericho. Uh, he comes down, and uh, I thought his hair was looking good. Liz has some pointers, uh, hot oil treatments, uh, a couple other things he may need to bring out the sheen in his luscious locks. But uh, before that, uh, Tony Storm's backstage, and her hair is all done up, and she looks like real Marilyn Monroe, like 1940s pinup girl, and talks about uh, that things have gone tits up which pops uh, Renee, who's got her gimmicks half out. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, chest and cleavage in this one, pal. Um, and, you know, this probably got changed on the fly, too, with Soraya not being there because I'm sure they probably would have wanted to do something big after her win. Um, but she storms out of the scene in character, and you hear her walking off in character, like losing her stuff. That's good little scene work. That stuff's important coming into a scene and walking into a scene, not cold and like, Oh, I was just waiting over there to do my shit. Or as soon as I get off camera, I stop talking. I like that when you carry that character in and out like that. So I like the way she looked. I'm, I'm definitely down with the va 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 look. I, I liked it with Taya Valkyrie, the, the girls on the side of the world war two airplanes, you know, boogie, uh, boogie, woogie, bugle boy from company B type chicks. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it, it was there. Uh, and, and it was quick in and out. It was good. That's what she said. <sighs> Come on. Chris Jericho then makes his way to the ring, finally. Uh, they all sing. They, they zoom in on some nerds. Calls out Sammy Guevara. He's going to shake his hand and be a man and, and let him know he was wrong and that uh, you know his focus was where it shouldn't have been. And then they get into a little one-upsmanship game about whose fault it was because Osprey didn't get hit with the bat hard enough. Or, and then he says, oh, he didn't hit it with the Judas effect hard enough. Then they get into personal barbs about losing. And it looks like it's about to break down. And then Jericho pumps the brakes and asks to get the sex gods back together. Then they bro hug. And it wasn't a terrible scene. Uh, I thought they brought out good performance in each other. So I didn't have any problem with this. Um, 
in the in the thing is with a scene like this, when you say show don't, when I say show don't tell, that's what they're doing. Even though they're telling about each one of their losses, it's a game of one-upsmanship, and that's what they're showing. And that ego is there, and one of them has to break in order to smooth over the bond. And it starts with Jericho. He's humble, and then he does it again, so we bring it back and close that loop on the scene, and we get uh, an entire scene with a button on it with some type of resolve and hope to see of what's going forward. It's a pretty well-written little scene. Nothing crazy, but it didn't have to be. So I didn't mind this. Um, Eddie Kingston and Wheeler Yuta, uh, New Japan Strongway Open Championship. Um, you know, Kingston coming back. He's got the spirit of 76 uh, head gimmick on after he got stapled in the head or some shit in Japan doing something dumb. Um, but uh, I will say this is one of uh, Eddie Kingston's better showings here. Really intensity. Um, they doing the strong style stuff and, and it stood out in a different way, but seemed somewhat safe. Um, let's see. Uh, roaring elbow, rolling elbow. Kingston blocks. It does the same with a German suplex. Tries to follow up with the turnbuckle moves, but Kingston gets his knee up for Yuta to regain control by lifting and dropping Kingston back down on the mat. Yuta begins unloading with elbow strikes, but then counters with a half Nelson suplex before the spinning back fist connects. And then Yuta withstands the first one and asks for another, which Kingston obliges to retain the title. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Like, ask for another one and then get knocked out. Uh, okay. Whatever that part of the New Japan wrestling culture is of like, no sell and go one more, like, you know, instead of hulking up and like taking it. Oh, da, 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 da. let's see here. Uh, post-match Claudio comes out and uh, completely ignores Eddie Kingston. And uh, despite the fact that he tries to call his rival into the ring for a fight. So you come out to no sell that's the, these are the weird things, the weird things. Um, da, 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 da. Don Callis is shown trying to talk to Sammy, but uh, he tells him to get the fuck out of here. He did call him scumbag, I believe. Um, and then Adam Cole comes out, and then Babyface panders to the crowd after his big boom entrance, making it the, the special night for him and all that. And then out comes Roddy Strong with the neck brace with um, the kingdom. Is that what they're called? I think so. Yeah. And uh, they don't even let Roddy really talk. Mike Bennett cuts a hell of a promo. Looks good and uh, and takes it back to when they first came into the business and how they're tied together. That's the day they both got their job at ROH. And it was solid. It was a little wrestling, but not bad at all and uh, worked well for TV. Um, but then Matt Taven, I said, I, I got to put him over, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, more than aware of uh, who he is. And I think we've worked one, maybe two shows uh, together, never in the same segment or anything, but I was pretty impressed with his mic work. It's there's few workers that can make it seem like a real scene to me when that's not wrestling. And, and when I say that, that'd be something that I equate to an HBO drama and a very natural way of delivering things. And he did that. He he really stuck out to me um, in, in the way he delivered last night. And it was just a small bit, but it seemed genuine, 
not rehearsed and in the moment. And then they kick it back to Cole and, and, uh, what the frig's his name? I just said it 15 times. Uh, Roderick strong. And we're back to like fifth, fifth grade, fifth grade acting. And okay. But I'm telling you, Matt Taven's got some chops and, uh, and it was it was interesting for me to see that because I hadn't seen that side of him. I had just kind of seen the ROH get your shit in matches, you know. And I know he can deliver in the ring, but now if I was a producer seeing that for the first time with the writing staff, I'd be like, we got to craft something for that guy because he can deliver. There's something there for sure. So good on good on those guys. They have played background characters, and this was their time to step up and get a little bit more in and they did it. They did a good job. Uh, but every, but they walk off and Adam Cole's like, guys, but I didn't do it. It's not my fault. And I, and you know, you got to do what they're giving you chicken shit out of, or chicken salad out of chicken shit. And these friend, like who's the, in the cool kids, eighth grade club is some of the dumbest shit in wrestling. It's just so bad, bro. We could come up with way better stakes. Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, Emi Sakura, and Marina Shafir. I go, holy shit, what could possibly go wrong here, right? But they did a pretty decent little job, too, at this match because you got girls who aren't used to working together. Now you got a shitty six of uh, the best of the rest that's in the back because our main storylines are on hold because of the storm. And we put together a little match. So whoever agented it and helped walk them through it, and everybody was kind of there for their spot. Some of the stuff in the beginning with Emi Sakura, I didn't really get or care for, but that's just how I guess she works her gimmick. Um, but uh, Nyla Rose takes out Britt Baker only for Statlander to take her out and Shafir out of the ring. The champ then heads to the top turnbuckle. She drives with a cro- dives across body. Everybody on the floor, I was like, damn, Statlander, like, came back from two blown legs, and she's the one doing the high spot. Oof. Uh, then when Stan La- Statlander hits, though, Wednesday Night Fever on Shafir for the win, pretty clean. Everybody was where they needed to be in this, and the timing was pretty good. Like, the, this is something, if you're a producer backstage, you're going, please let this just be a C-plus and everyone, nobody gets hurt. <laughs> and and it was a B-plus. <laughs> so uh, good good on all those girls, and I hope nobody did get hurt. And uh, I thought this was an all right uh, palate cleanser segment, no doubt, because there's no real business coming out of this, right? So, But your winners, Chris Statlander, Britt Baker, DMD, and Hikaru Shida. Uh, Shida and Baker then argue – Backstage, while that happens, Ruby Soho hits the ring and nails a champ with no future leaving Statlander laying in the ring. Backstage, Don Kels is with uh, Takashita and uh, does all the uh, Stevie Richards uh, bit. So Then the big uh, spot of the night by far, everything is the celebration uh, with the return of uh, Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, after hanging up his boots Two weeks ago, he's back again, baby, because they need him, and he's a moneymaker and a draw. There's no doubt about it. And uh, they put the trios title on him, and uh, and they come out uh, for cut the ribbon with a giant pair of scissors, and the crowd's going crazy for scissor me, daddy, because we're not too far from Boys Town or whatever. But um, 
yeah, they're, they, they all get their mic time in and uh, the, the rap hits. Okay. But the crowd's really hot for this segment more than anything else they have, have been for on the show. Uh, and, and I've put over some decent segments on the show, but here's the problem. We get to this point and I'm going, man, this, is this show just dragging? Like the flow, it just felt like it was taking forever. Even with playing music in between, it was, um, it was a strange, strange, uh, setup, but, um, they bury the old titles and they unveil the new pink, uh, leather belts, uh, with scissor me daddy, uh, scissors on the back. Uh, of the straps and they all scissor each other's belts and everybody in the crowd and uh the crowd pops huge it's a big baby face uh moment here no doubt so but this uh saturday on collision they're gonna defend the titles so we shall see but uh, that was probably the biggest segment on the show before we get to our main event of the evening uh which is orange cassidy versus Sarah Miedo, uh, <clears throat> Penta L zero. So, um, I like Penta in the red. I thought he looked badass. I, the guy and this sucks because not sucks, but he's one of my favorite luchas, I think. And I, you know, uh, if not my favorite ever, I think he's an interesting look. I like the way he works most of the time. And then while I'm going to bat for him, they start doing no cells on fucking, code red or whatever canadian destroyers whatever the fuck you call them and like no cell get up take one no cell get up take one no cell get up take one then they both dead cell or dummy cell like terry funk stumbling bumbling but psychologically it's a spit in the face of wrestling in what you need to do after you take something just to do a spot that's going to be giggled at instead of making the match look real and what's what so i mean that was in this match i've seen plenty of other matches from him i think he's him and his brother are unbelievable workers dude like and i like the way the gear looks and and his makeup combined with it i think he's just captivating for tv but uh orange cassie does the pockets thing a couple times and there's things like the arm ringer or the arm drag that look phony to me when they do that stuff too so there's a couple things that really sacrifice the credibility of their wrestling and all these guys and, and orange cassidy and pensa are awesome wrestlers man they've been fucking grinding for a long time people might like i would like to write orange cassidy far different than he's written but he knows his gimmick and that guy grinded on the indies for fucking 14 years before he got his shot, bro. So I'm not the one to be like, screw him. You know what I mean? And at the end he cuts a promo that's pretty damn solid. Um, but then I say to myself is now the time to do that because we should play up the slacker character of not talking for multiple weeks, like before he's going to talk we've we do it sometimes and sometimes it slips away and there's one or two things and you can just do it with a thumbs up but you need to try and get him to talk three or four times until the time when he does cut the promo then you know it means something and is serious we just kind of gave that away without building it the words don't even matter it's that the 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 fact that he's gonna do it you know what i mean uh is what's interesting or you're, he's going to finally have it, the interview and talk, and it gets interrupted. It gets interrupted and it's taken away before he finally does it. So, 
whatever, man. Uh, everything in, in the Orange Cassidy and Penta match was pretty fast-paced and going at it back and forth, hammer throws and all kinds of shit. Um, until we get to that, the flipping stuff where no people are no selling. I'm like, God damn it. Then I, I kind of lost interest in it, but, uh, hits a fear factor. Orange Cassidy kicks out again with Penta shocked. Cassidy rolls him up and catches him out. That see, this is the problem. The, he, he hits a Penta hits orange Cassidy with three fucking badass things. Um, Penta drags in the middle, stomps his arm, snaps it backwards before hitting another fear factor. Yeah, so he, he hits him with a fear factor, which is a pretty much a fucking uh, cradle pile driver on the apron. Dead. Like, dead, bro. There's no give. You're right on the steel. It's the worst thing you could possibly want to take right there. And then Penta should have dragged him in to pin him off of that. No, but instead... He gives him the flipping arm breaker gimmick, and he's selling that. Then he hit, gets him into the middle of the ring and hits him with one more uh, of the, whatever he calls it, fear factor, cradle pile drivers. Well, there's a lot wrong with And then he kicks out, kicks out after hitting, getting hit with all three of those devastating things, crucifix, pin, roll up. He comes to life, and Orange Cassidy rolls him up, and that's it after taking three devastating things. And Penta can't kick out of the fucking crucifix. This guy can take three fucking nukes and be like, ah, I'm good, B. I'm good. This type of agenting and psychology is absolutely frustrating for me to watch because these guys should be better taken care of. And if it's them coming up with their own finishes, then they definitely need some coaching and why that's wrong. And, and we know we want to get there, but let's make each other look good. And why do you go over and how not, Hey, eat my three biggest things, one of which is on the fucking apron, and then beat me with a fucking crucifix roll-up. Okay. That's bad. Nobody gets over with that shit. Nobody. So, and you're taking moves for no reason whatsoever when you could just out-wrestle them and beat them with a crucifix pin if that's what you want to do. Awesome. Then let's do the threat of violence instead of you taking them and you out-wrestle me and then get me with that as opposed to burying the shit and you taking the bumps. Very, very foolish. Very, very foolish. Um, and the other thing is you're starting with the biggest bump, the arm breaker and the second cradle pile driver in the middle of the ring aren't, aren't as big as the one you just gave them on the apron. So now you've already started at the highest one and now you're working lower instead of building up to that to like, give him one in the ring where it flexes, kick out, give him the arm pump, boom, then take a, and and then drag him out, give him the one on the apron, and he, surely he's dead. You're about to drag him back in, and then from there, maybe you could do the roll-up if you're distracted and do that finish from there. But they, they hit him with the biggest nuke first, and he's like, nah, I'm good, B. So there, there's a, there's a lot in this finish that needs to be redone and the agents need to be talked to as well as the guys in the match. Cause they're taking bumps for no reason to get to a roll up finish and they're highly dangerous bumps where you could never walk again if you're one inch the wrong way. So why even do it? Why even do it when we don't need to, the crowd's going to react the same way. 
and afterwards it's about his promo anyway until moxley comes down and i'm tired of this dumb shit this triple h nose to nose forehead to forehead homoerotic this is what guys do when they're gonna fight nah b you're not gonna get that close to me i'll bite the end of your nose off i'll take your eye out before you get your face that close to my face and like push in on me and like try and like you're a bitch do something do something and like that type of shit you come in striking range with me hot that way you're gonna catch a jab right in the mouth and then a right cross so like the that part of wrestling is so phony to me now I'm no death jitsu black belt like John is, but uh, I would say letting someone within uh, a half inch of your personal space of your face is not something you want to practice. But what do I know? Like I said, I'm no death jitsu black belt. Um, But yeah, man, uh, I think they could have edited with, because the crowd was up at the end of Orange Cassidy's promo. He cut a good little promo. He stuck the landing, and that's how they should have gone out, had it all all out. Instead, John had to come out and do that, and it it, it lowered it lowered the energy. And we didn't end at the highest point. And I tell my students at Upstate Wrestling Entertainment, edit at the highest point. That's Chicago Improv 101. You can feel when a scene has got high stakes and you want to see more of it. If you let it go, it starts to die on the vine. You've got to edit and, and say next scene and where are we going? So when we come back to that scene in the second or third beat, they're hungry to find out where the story has advanced to. But if we keep going and going and going in the verbal diarrhea or we let things go by, you see the finish go by and we're going to overbook it or the scene goes too long, you lose the magic of what it really was to have them in the palm of your hand being entertaining and, and being like, yeah, this is how it is. And here's the next gear. What do you think's going to happen? They're doing, what do you think's going to happen in the same scene? And then you lose them. So always at it at the highest point possible, half short, twice strong, Jizza. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see uh, what happens going forward this week. I, I got to believe uh, there was a lot of uh, hardcore uh, Chicago fans that were pretty pissed off that Punk uh, wasn't there last night or won't be there on Sunday. I don't know, Jungle Jack fans, but uh seems like this drama keeps playing out. And will one of them quit? I think they both uh, have threatened to. I heard word that Jungle Jack did, but I haven't seen anything on the sheets. So I don't know hearsay and rumor. I'm not going to, you know, say what's what that he definitely is. I have no idea. Um, and uh, very, very, very uh, weird times in their locker room, man, going forward. Uh, what do you do? Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting fucking conundrum. They got themselves into somebody's got to get spanked or nobody's got to get spanked or now we just do the show and everybody hates each other and there's no group mind and group effort but we keep putting things over that it's the best place ever to work and and when some uh you know when lufisto tweets something we all got to stamp on her that's what brings us together like there it's just a very very um strange wrestling mafia family and uh, their their families run very uh very insane man with uh, a lot of underling soldiers 
not afraid to take a shot at the captains. It's it's interesting, no doubt for sure. Um, my man Charles the Hammer Evans is in the house. What's good with you, Briz? Uh, always good to see you hanging here with HMGs. Uh, but we're just about done wrapping up, so you can go back and watch this one from the top live on my YouTube. I'll leave it up there for through tomorrow. A uh, quick show in and out here. I, like I said, there was a lot of good on this show. Um, but maybe because of the storm interference and losing people, things got reshuffled. And then the, and I'm getting hot right now because right on Twitter, somebody's got the no sell of the fucking Canadian destroyer triple spot. And it, it is maddening. I mean, if you didn't see it here, fucking, hey, we got to show it. Like this stuff has got to end agents even agents need to be fined if this stuff is going on in your match it's a problem one no sell come off the ropes two no sell a little bit registered it three no sell and now we both sell i don't know man there's 31 flavors of Baskin Robbins ice cream. I guess clown face McShit kicker can be its own flavor. Uh, I just, I'm never going to order it. Like that's not, that's not for me. It might be for you. Uh, enjoy it. I guess I like chocolate and peanut butter, uh, but, but for real, it does need to stop. I agree. My man, Charles the hammer Evans is in the house. And he says, yeah, you, you do. You, you bury my shit like that. Good luck. <laughs> good luck to you you better better not be coming to the locker room that's a that's a problem that's a problem man uh but if there was a problem yo we'll solve it check out the hook while ben hameen revolves it i'll be in westmerland uh new york with immortal and my man blaze haram defending our tag team titles september 16th westmerland new york immortal triple x i think eddie edwards is in the house kiss me kayla sparks as well and we'll see, uh, oh, uh, George Joel from AEW, the new Northeastern Immortal Champion, will be there as well. So looking forward to that. Uh, plenty of cannabis to do this week, as uh, every week is just another uh, insane time. I know you guys might have seen some of that in my Twitter timeline. Just trying to do some reshares for uh, the uh, the offices and uh, the, I don't know, say politicians, Mayor Hal, and other people who are trying to, help forward our cause. So that's what I'm trying to use uh, any little bit of a uh, trending that I can. So, you know, keep myself educated every day, but uh, y'all, uh, you guys uh, falls here, I guess. So get your pumpkin spice, no sell a, a code red and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and have some real glass in your Mindy's muffins. I think that's what we, we all could do, man. But uh, y'all, uh, it's hacker. I mean, it's the HMG faithful 38 strong here, man. 38. I like that. Uh, on the live chat, Ben, I mean, YouTube channel, you guys hopefully enjoyed everything we did this week. Master shoot theater, raw SmackDown review Wednesday locker rooms out for free on the pod bean as well. Make sure you're checking that out, getting your, uh, strangler, Steve, uh, uh, gifts in so you can get a shout out from all the 1111 crew over there, Bello and, Billy Ray Valentine. And uh, thanks again to big Ray for getting all the uploads done. I appreciate that, man. And everybody having a good time. Be safe out there. Resist passively. Henry David Thoreau, be smart. Don't put yourself in dangerous situations and don't bend to their will. It's hacker Hameen. And we just lit the fuse. Yolo. If you're not Caucasian, uh, then 
Get back.